everyone, and welcome back to the Stylish Bride Podcast, the show dedicated to all things bridal style and empowering women to be their own muse. Since 2004, we've dedicated ourselves to helping brides feel confident, comfortable, and beautiful on their wedding day. It's a long and winding journey, my friends, but we are here to tell you that you can do it and we will show you how. Now, let's get you dressed, styled, and down the aisle. Welcome back to the Dress, Styled, and Down the Aisle podcast. I'm your host, Dee. And I'm Julie. And if you're one of the couples that just got engaged on Valentine's Day, welcome! (laughs) (laughs) We're very excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about how to create a wedding dress shopping plan that is right for you. Since our founder, Julie, has been wedding dress shopping for 20 years, she has a lot to share. So let's just jump right in. It sounds like a long time, doesn't it? I <laughs> As I it said is. it, I'm like, 20 years. Say it with pride from it's your chest. <laughs> it's a lot of dresses. Oh, truly, truly. I mean, a lot of brides, too. <laughs> yep, that is true. So in our first episode, Julie, you talked about starting the wedding dress shopping plans after wedding details have been set and starting it somewhere between 11 and 12 months before the wedding. There's a good chance that we have listeners that are recently engaged and want to get married this fall, which means they wouldn't have the full year. How flexible is this timing, you think? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that when we talk about timeline for wedding dresses, there's definitely a range and it's really common. And I'm sure you'll read in magazine articles to say between nine and 12 months. And of course, that's ideal. But if you don't have that time, that's okay. You're going to be able to get a dress that you love. So definitely don't freak out. But the one thing that doesn't change about my advice from last week or from the first episode, actually, is that you really need to set the details before you go wedding dress shopping. Regardless of your timing and how many months you're going to be engaged, you should definitely know where the wedding is happening, what the date is, and the formality of the dress code before you start wedding dress shopping. And then from there, you can adjust your timeline accordingly based on how long you have. So let's say you just got engaged and your wedding is going to be in September. So that's completely fine. You just need to know where to look. So as I know that our listeners out there probably has their pen and paper or writing notes on their cell phones or computers. So if they have a checklist, let's take it back a little bit. We've talked about the discovery of personal style and how to hone in on the designers that brides may love. We've also talked about how to use social media as an advantage during the research process. What else do they need to consider before shopping then? Yeah. So I always say that there are four things that need to come together and I am probably repeating myself, but I'll do it anyway, just in case you didn't listen the last time. But the perfect wedding dress combines your type of wedding you're having, which are the details that we just discussed, your personal style, your body type, and your budget. Of those things, the things we haven't talked about is budget. And it can be almost the trickiest in some ways because there's very, very little transparency about what wedding dresses cost in the market. It's been you know, a big source of frustration to brides that I've spoken to over the years because a wedding dress is different than anything you've shopped for before. And when you go onto a designer's website, they don't list the prices for the most part. So it can be really hard to set a budget around this. So to give you some general guidelines in my book that's coming out in April, I use 
these different ranges, the under $3,000 range between three and 5,000, five to 7,000, seven to 10,000, and then the over $10,000 plus. And you can, historically people could, you know, kind of said 10% of the budget should be kind of what you designate for your wedding dress. And today it's funny, like our brides don't really even bring that up. I don't know if they're using that number or not, but I do feel like a lot of women are just like, you know what? I want to love my dress. It's super important to me and I'm going to spend whatever I want on it or they have to, you know, put that into context of the overall wedding. Even still, though, it can be hard to know how much you can spend. So what else should they be considering, you think? Each woman is different and they have to identify how much of a priority the wedding dress is to them. And even though I completely can't understand it, there are women out there who just, you know, they want to like their dress. They want to feel great, but they're not lovers of fashion. They're not that into their dress. And I've talked to these women and it's like, okay, so in a situation like that, you're not going to spend a huge portion of your budget on a dress. So, you know, definitely consider how much of a priority it is to you. The other contributing factors to pricing is what the dress is made up of. So for example, do you really want a lot of volume or lace or beading or embroidery? All of those things add to the price of the dress. So the more you want of that, the more expensive it's going to be. And then the other thing to consider is the quality of the dress and how important is that to you? And I've absolutely talked to people who are like, you know what? I really just want to love the style. I want to love how it looks in pictures. I don't really care that much about the quality or the designer name. So you know, as long as it looks good to me, I'm cool. And I've talked to other people who are super into the quality of the fabric and making sure that it's everything is the best in that area. And so you're just going to want to prioritize what they are. Like for me, I absolutely love fabrics, as I've said before. So given my budget, I was like, okay, the fabric's the most important thing to me. I'm going to sacrifice having a lot of beading, although that's not really me anyway, but I don't want a heavily beaded dress or like a massive train. And that way I was able to get a luxurious fabric, but in the price point that I was comfortable with. That makes sense. This is going to be my weekly call out to free downloads in our resources page because it's important that brides know that we, of course, have all of this in writing in our free resource library online. And there's a very important and helpful download in our page called How to Navigate Pricing for Wedding Dresses. So we now know when they should start shopping and how much they're comfortable spending. What's next? Next, I want you to go and pull out that list of designers that you created on our last episode and the stores that you identified that carried their designs. And we're going to start putting together your day. I think a few things before I dive into that, it just in terms of timing. So when you pick a day and you're like, all right, I'm going to go on February 1st. Great. You want to then start planning your shopping day several weeks before that. This is because appointment slots fill up really quickly and you want to make sure that you're getting good times and times that make sense for your overall schedules. It's definitely a good idea to give yourself a few weeks to plan this. 
whenever possible, we recommend you shop on a weekday. That's because bridal salons can be very, very chaotic on the weekends. I know that can be hard and definitely not ideal, but I really think it's worth it if you can to take a day off from work or even just a half day. The salons will be more calm and sometimes the appointments are even longer on weekdays rather than weekends. That's a really important one. I usually recommend doing a minimum of three appointments on the first day. And that's because you kind of get your groove after three. There's a really, really big learning curve when it comes to the appointments. And so what you know when you literally try on your first dress to what you know at the end of the third appointment is it's huge. Like you've grown and learned so much in the space of that time, but it's really important to have enough consistency and momentum to get that knowledge and you won't be sorry, but just make sure you space out those appointments with enough time that you can travel between them without stressing. Because if you're late, it can be kind of hard. They don't have a whole lot of flexibility and schedules because there's a bride booked right behind you. Your appointment's going to be cut short and that can be kind of stressful for everyone. So you just want to make sure that you plot it out so that you've got enough time. I think something very important, Julie, would be to stop for lunch. <laughs> Sometimes it's easy to forget when you're very excited and going to appointment, but then all of a sudden it's your fourth or fifth appointment and you're thinking about, oh my goodness, why am I dizzy or why are my energy levels low? And it's sometimes because you didn't eat your lunch. <laughs> you have to. I mean, we make that a priority when we're scheduling brides. And even if it's just for 20 or 30 minutes, it's a really good time to just regroup and take a moment. So it that is so true. And sometimes if you want, book a lunch, have champagne, have fun, but just make sure you do that for sure. I guess my last thing on this is that we have a lot of brides that travel to wedding dress shop with us in New York City. And generally, it'll be no surprise that major cities have the largest selection. New York in particular has the biggest, really, wedding dress selection in the entire world. So we get people from all over the place. And I just want to say that when you're booking your own schedule, we recommend that you don't do more than five appointments in a day. So the minimum is three and the maximum is five. I know that's not a huge window, but we find that after that, you kind of max out and you really can't take in what you're seeing and you get kind of exhausted and they all start to blend together. So that's not great. Just pick it up the next day. It's funny because being the one tasked in our team to schedule appointments for clients, it seems like, yeah, I can book five appointments in a day and, and figure this out on my own. But I can only imagine brides that are just listening in and starting this process, feeling a little bit overwhelmed about that process of booking appointments. So with this day and age, I feel like everything's changing. People or salons don't love a call to schedule their appointment. Others recommend going online to schedule their appointments. Do you think there's a tried, a two method on, on how to do it instead? Yeah. So I listen, it's funny because I generally absolutely hate talking on the phone. And for this, I think it's the best way to do it if possible. So I know some salons won't accept bookings over the phone, but if you can, I think that it's really great to be able to do that because you can ask them questions to make sure that the salon is the right fit. Like we already know that they carry the designers you're interested in and you're ready with the scheduling when you'd like to come. But it's really important to speak with the person that answers the phone to determine what their average price point is. And I say average instead of starting because on the websites, you'll find the only piece of pricing information that you're going to find is like price points start at blah, blah, blah. 
And that's great, but a lot of designers and a lot of stores have a wide range of price points within their gowns. If you ask for the average price point of their dresses, you're going to get the majority. You're, it's not going to be like the outliers of, oh, we have one dress for $1,500, but everything else is really like five grand, whatever. You want to understand what their bread and butter is so that you can make sure it's aligned with you and your budget. And some other things you can find out and ask them is how long their appointments are. That information isn't always on the website. And for scheduling purposes, it's important to know that. You can ask about things like any restrictions on who you can bring, which we will talk more about in a second. But some salons after... COVID, I haven't gone back to allowing bigger groups, which I think is a benefit in some ways, but you just want to understand if there are any limitations on who you can bring. You also can find out if there are any trunk shows happening and whether or not they have a range of sizes in dresses. Wedding dress sizing is definitely going to be an episode that we will do in the near future because it's a very, very archaic and convoluted system. But what you should know for right now is that generally wedding dress samples are in a bridal size eight or maybe 10, which is two sizes bigger than what the ready to wear size is. So I don't think I said that really well, but you know, basically if you're a six in clothing that you buy every day, you're going to be a 10 in bridal. If you are curvier or really petite or really busty, this is going to become a little bit of an issue. And calling and asking them what sizes they have is going to help you determine whether or not the salon is a good fit for you. So that's really important too. And then the last thing that you can ask them is if they have a specific dress that you're interested in seeing. So we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but when you identify dresses that you absolutely love within a collection, it's always a good idea to mention that when you're booking the appointment so they can make sure the dress is there. It's not uncommon for a dress to be pulled off for a photo shoot or sent to the dry cleaner or all these different things. But if they know that you really want to see it and you're making an appointment specifically to try on that dress as one of them, then they can make sure it's there for you. Okay, fabulous. You know, it's funny because listening to you list out things to consider and questions to consider, it's as if I haven't worked for you for two and a half years. I'm like <laughs> nodding away. If you can see me, I'm nodding away. I'm a second away from writing it all down. Down myself. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. And you do this every day with me. Every day. <laughs> okay, but let me bring things back. Sorry, I just needed to voice that very quickly. <laughs> so, okay. So once that is all done, how do you recommend that brides prepare for their appointments? One of the most common questions from our clients is if they should bring anything with them. So yeah. what would you say on that? Yeah, it's a really good question. So the short answer is no. You absolutely don't have to bring anything with you because for the most part, they'll supply it at the bridal salons. A long time ago, and I guess every once in a while still, they used to provide long line corsets that you could try on with the strapless dresses. I don't see those so often anymore, but every once in a while they will. But the most important thing are just shoes and Sometimes brides will bring in a pair of heels that they like and in a heel size that they typically wear. But the salon often also has shoes. If you're a little bit of a germaphobe, I recommend bringing your own because that can be hard. And let's see what else. 
Undergarments. So if you're someone who knows that they are definitely going to want to wear Spanx, for example, I would bring them with you. It makes it easier to try the dresses on and it makes it more, I, it just makes the process of getting the dresses on and off a little bit easier sometimes. I always recommend to bring snacks because you definitely don't want to get hangry, which we've already talked about a little bit. Our top and- recommendation would be salted almonds. <laughs> this is true. It's so funny. I've become like a little bit known for my salted almonds because there were years that I just did not leave home without them. But now everyone's like, okay, well, can I have an almond? <laughs> like, Here you go. Including myself. <laughs> Including you. You have to have them. And nuts are the best snack because they're easy and they're not messy. Another thing that you can consider at this point is that you want to wear something that's easy to change in and out of. And obviously that's a lot easier to do in the summer. But even in the winter, don't wear boots that you have to lace up and or a pain to get on or all of that. Just make sure that you're thinking about it so you are not driving yourself crazy. And then I think the last thing is in preparation that you should think about who you are going to bring with you. Hmm, I know you definitely have more to say about <laughs> this. Do you have any tips to help our community decide on who should they bring with them? Yeah. So this is a little bit of a touchy subject. I think that if we had a consensus of store owners and designers here on this call, everybody would say, don't bring a big group. But sometimes brides think, okay, it's so fun. I want to share this moment with all of my family and closest friends and bridesmaids and blah, blah, blah. There is sometimes a disconnect there. Now, this experience should be what you want it to be, but I highly recommend not bringing more than two people with you. And that's because more than that, and you just start to get a lot of opinions. I've actually had it work really well where it was important to the bride to bring several people. And I'm always a little wary going into situations like that, but we've had the best time and they've been great and offered up great opinions and great insight. And then I've also had that go in another direction where, you know, it's too many people chiming in. You really want to think about that. And I highly encourage you, at least in the beginning, don't bring more than two people with you. And who those people are, it's really important also. You want to bring people that are supportive and positive and easy for you to be around and won't put on you their own agenda. One of the things that like makes, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me is that when we're in a salon and the friend or relative or whatever says, well, at my wedding, and it's like drives me crazy because it's not your wedding. It is their wedding and they need to be the one to figure out for themselves what they like and what they don't. So it's really important to find people that are going to support you in that and not talk about their opinions before you can formulate your own. You know, this might sound easier said than done (laughs) how to have those conversations. But so what do you think if some important people in in the listeners lives don't meet this criteria, how should they navigate this? Yeah, you know, there are so many other ways, particularly with a wedding that you can include them that hopefully it won't be hurtful to them. But I would say involve them in dress shopping once the decision has already been made. You don't even need to tell them that the decision's been made. But if when you bring them back for like the final contenders, but in your mind, you've already chosen so that you're set on what you want to do, they can still feel involved and not 
part of the discovery process. Another great way is to have them come to the fittings and help pick accessories. That can be something nice to do and then schedule a nice lunch afterwards. But you have to think of yourself first in these situations, which I know can be really, really hard to do. So, you know, talking about the fittings and how to incorporate people into this step in the process, can we chat a little bit more about when that day comes? What should a bride expect in their first appointment? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because, again, like shopping for a wedding dress is so different. Instead of going into a store and trying something on in a fitting room, it's a whole process. So I mentioned before that there's going to be a huge learning curve in the first appointment. And that's true. I always recommend that you try on every possible shape that they have. So you can just make sure because I would be a very rich woman if I had money every time somebody changed their mind and said, I absolutely don't want a strapless ball gown and then ended up in just that. It's really important to keep an open mind and be open to wild cards that your consultant could possibly bring. And also to build on this information. Think about what you learned in this first one and then bring it with you, that knowledge to the second one. Okay. So I want to change the subject a little bit, not necessarily change the subject, but talk about something that we see very often or the questions that we get around working directly with the bridal salon consultants, I know that we are very protective of our clients at the end of the day, and we need to work with people that can guarantee a fantastic, fun, fabulous experience. But can we chat a little bit more about working with a bridal salon consultant and tips to kind of navigate through that situation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a really good question because I think that this relationship can be a little bit tricky. You can start the appointment and assume that you guys both have the same goal in mind. So that goal is for you to find a dress that you love. And the only way that's going to happen is if you're open and honest with them. So giving them constructive feedback in a kind way is really, really important. That means that when you don't like something, you should tell them. I mean, certainly I'm not suggesting that it's okay to be rude, of course, but they want to know what you don't like as much as they want to know what you do like. And we work with a consultant for years who says, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I didn't design the dress. And that is absolutely true. Their job is to find something that you love. It's not to be the designer. So, I mean, of course, if you're going directly to a small designer and you're working with them, this is much, much harder. But I think that it's great advice because the only way they're going to be able to help you is if you're honest with them. I mean, you can even feel free to show them photos of other dresses that you've liked. It can be a very, very helpful piece of information. And you can also ask them what they recommend. So sometimes It could be a little bit outside of the box, but if you feel like they're getting you and you guys are understanding each other and she or he are supportive of you in the process and that they're getting you, they're a great resource because honestly, they know the dresses better than anybody. They work with these dresses day in and day out. And they're going to be able to say like, I know this isn't really what you thought, but just try this on because the skirt shape is awesome. I think you're going to like it and try it. And if you don't like it, that's completely fine. But I think they can be a really good resource. I am one to keep things light and positive, but 
we've heard the tragic stories about consultants making brides feel, let's just say the opposite of what you've spoken about to keep things light. (laughs) What can be done then? Yeah, I mean, that's so hard because who your consultant is and the experience you have with them can really make or break your appointment. And most of the time, if you're not clicking and you're just not getting, I mean, you don't have to be best friends, right? Like this is a professional relationship and these people are usually highly experienced. So you can often write the ship by just reiterating what you're looking for and what you're not looking for in a kind way. But when that really doesn't work, I would recommend that you speak with the manager of the store and you can end the appointment, speak with the manager and ask for a different consultant. And trust me, they won't be mad at you for doing that. They will appreciate a second chance. It's not uncommon that personalities just don't fit. So if you're not clicking, they would rather put you with someone that could click with you, then just not be able to service you at all. Okay. Those are great tips. I know that I keep asking you for more and more. I can't get enough, but (laughs) any other tips for brides as they start on this journey? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. I love sharing this stuff. It's like all this random knowledge in my head that I get to get out and help people. I think that it's really, really important to take pictures of every single thing you try on, even if you don't like it, because documenting what you've had is just valuable. I mean, you can delete them later. I said a minute ago about how you share with the consultant photos of what you've tried on, and you're going to try to give them an overview of what you want and what you're thinking. What you hate is as important as what you like. So they can be really valuable. And also take videos of the ones that you love because how it moves is really critical. They can be hard to walk in because they're always going to be too long and sometimes they don't zip and all of these things. But even still, if you can walk in them and take a video because it's really a great information later when you're looking back on them, I'm going to let you in on a little secret that D and I use all the time and our clients absolutely love it. But one of my tricks, my party trick is to use a collage app and side by side two photos. And this doesn't seem that groundbreaking, but let me just tell you when you're wedding dress shopping and you're trying to compare and you can only pick one and you're trying to compare all of these dresses together, it's a game changer. It really is. I need to add two cents on this because there's something that we're not mentioning here. I mean, I know that we can't give them all the party tricks, but I think we might as well at this point. (laughs) It is very important (laughs) when Mm. side by side, when doing the side by side of dresses to make sure you're taking the pictures from the same angles. So if in one picture you're, let's say, both hands are down or you're facing the light, make sure that in the next picture you're doing the same thing. I'm not saying that we're very, very strict about it, but you have to give each dress a fair shot. If one is pictured in the dark in a corner with shadows, (laughs) it's not going to compare to the beautiful dress with almost with natural light and uh, showcasing your best angles. So I would say keep that in mind. I think that is fantastic advice. And I think you also want to try to like stand in the same position and smile. I've had people that like couldn't get over with the way that their face was in a picture and I'm not the greatest picture taker. So, you know, it influences how they feel about the dress. So as much as you can, we have one client who's amazing at posing and she's like, oh yeah, I've literally figured out 
what my best angle is and how to stand and how to look at in a picture. And I'm like, this is genius. You have to teach me because I definitely don't know that. But we will need a little bit of that. Maybe she can join us soon. I mean, once we start taking videos, maybe we can bring her in for tips and tricks because I definitely need that too. I think that is so true. The last point, and I'm definitely going to get into this in another episode because I love this topic, but one last thing to keep in your mind is understanding how you make decisions. And there are several different decision-making styles, but knowing yourself and how much time you need to process something like that, it's a big decision. And you have to put a non-refundable deposit down. You really need to make sure that you love this dress and understanding how you process that information is super important. I promise we'll come back to it, but for now, just keep that in mind and always, always sleep on it. Don't decide that day. And we have a lot of people who are like, no, no, I got it. This is it. I want it. And we're like, okay, great. Let's take the measurement. They can swipe the card, but don't charge it because you need to sleep on it. And I think that is very important. You know, Julie, I have to double down on my last statement. It's so incredible that (laughs) the fact that you've probably been wedding dress shopping more than any person in the world. I mean, these tips are just, there's so much value and there's so much love behind it for what you do and what we do. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you have to admit it. We have to understand that there's so many people out there, so many brides, grooms, whoever you are out there making big, big decisions, they want to hear from you. And it's incredible that you're sharing so much and you're being so open with us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. (laughs) So next week, we're going to shift gears and talk about whether or not you can wear black to a wedding. I love this topic. (laughs) I know this is super controversial and I can't wait to talk about it. So be sure to tune in on Tuesday. As always, if you have any questions, please reach out over Instagram, DMs, whatever is easiest for you, or reach out through our website, thestylishbride.com. Please reach out, ask any and all questions, but... (laughs) We love it. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And that's it for now. So bye. We'll catch you later. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this information has been helpful. And if so, we would love for you to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts from to help other people find us. And if you're looking for more information on one of the topics we discussed, please check out our resource library on our website, thestylishbride.com, where we have loads of free information for you. If you have specific questions, you can reach out on Instagram. Our handle is thestylishbride, and we would love to hear from you. Until next week, bye for now. Thank you.